This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the uh, Manly, of course, Manly, Warthog Command Center inside the Melden Law Studio. Melden Law with 50 years of experience, the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. Melden Law won't back down. Well, it's uh, getting close to the middle of the month. Can you believe it? And the dreaded IRS day has always been associated with April 15. I don't know if that's still something that makes you shiver, but we'll maybe talk a little bit about the way in which IRS has been manipulated later on the show if I get to everything I, th- I want to get, which lately I haven't been doing because there have been so many interesting wrinkles to our local stories. And there continue to be interesting wrinkles to our local stories, which I'll share with you right now. And I appreciate members of the research team who feed me documents that uh, I end up taking a look at and deciding if they're in, uh, important to you and, 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 and something you'd like to know about. So I do um, pick those as you send them to me. Uh, if I don't put yours on or I don't talk about yours, don't feel bad. Uh, sooner or later, I may loop back to it because I may put it in what I call the midnight auto yard where all the spare parts are. And who knows, I may find an opportunity to talk about it uh, several weeks even maybe uh, beyond which you actually gave it to me. But this one here that I want to talk about with you is a continuing story that we've been covering about the city of Gainesville for quite a while. And it's the general financial incompetence of the city. We've known about the general financial incompetence of the city as the research team members and the Ward Scott Files, all the way back, I guess, to the uh, Butliff Bandit, who was absconding quite regularly and for quite some period of time with money that no one could account for and didn't know she was taking until finally there was come some kind of, I, I wouldn't call it a real audit, but apparently there was a spasmodic decision to sort of audit and they caught this uh, hole in the books and lo and behold, they traced it back to her and she'd been absconding with this money on a regular basis. She wasn't the only one. There were also some other people that were taking from parking meter money. I believe if my survey, memory serves me right, it was at the airport. So be it as it may, the financial brains of the city of Gainesville are missing. And you have all these ideologues and all these professorial types who pontificate on their special hobby, and that is the fashionable trend of late, be it climate change or the homeless and the hungry. And they have no idea, Addy, as they say in Georgia, where the money is going to come from. So they just go unchecked and hear the talk to hear their head rattle. So now things are beginning to catch up. A while back, there was an audit at which an, uh, an accountant said, I can't even audit this city because there are not enough records kept for me to begin to even evaluate them. You haven't even got that level of financial competence covered. And, you know, you haven't heard another word about it. <clears throat> Meanwhile, <clears throat> excuse me, you've got the boy named Lauren out there and his henchman, uh, Poodle and uh, Hans- hey Santos and the bully, Banana Pudding, Harvey Ward. Uh, you've got this crowd and, of course, the communist uh, uh, law student, whatever, Sanko, whatever her name is, Cinco. Probably it should be Cinco if it isn't. Then uh, they're out there uh, talking about defund the cops and you know, demilitarizing the cops and you know, cramming a homeless and hungry place into a, an otherwise decent neighborhood and building high skyscraper. Uh, you know, they, they just, if it's not their money, 
they don't know where their money is, which is your money, our money. And I got to tell you that I have recently encountered, quite by chance, really, in the strangest places. One was at the stadium steps where I was working out. I encountered a gentleman who, very high up in GRU, he referred to his own place of employment as the evil empire and was just hoping that he could skate out of there, stay long enough to get away with retirement. Uh, there's another gentleman I met who's way up in GRU who basically said the same thing. And where GRU, for example, went south, went, you know, was when P. Green Underhand, Pegeen Hanrahan, fired Mike Kurtz, who was the head of GRU then, who knew what he was doing. And when they fired him, then P. Green Underhand, her henchman, Warren Nielsen, who was always moony-eyed over her, and would literally carry her books <clears throat> like a school kid. They ushered in the great brewery, what Hungarian Joe used to call into the radio show and call a big brewery. And that is the biomass mess plant, which broke the back of the city when it realized it had to ante up for being taken to the cleaners by the New York shysters, apparently, who peddled it to them. At least that was the way they reviewed by a lot of the people that they, New York fellows, whoever got the better end of the deal and we got stuck with the wrong end of the deal. So this has been going on and nobody has changed it or done anything about it. In fact, it's gotten worse, as we say, it's gotten worse. <clears throat> and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> now one Cynthia Curry, who is an interim city manager, and even she has to set this down in writing. It's so shocking to her. She's written a city manager memorandum. Uh, the number it was 220023, in case you keep things like that in your day book. And it was uh, dated April 12, 2022. We want to thank a member of the research team for including us in this uh, memorandum. It was also dispatched to the Gainesville Sunset Channel 20, I don't know if they'll cover it. Uh, they don't seem to get up to speed. We're up to speed. We got it. I just received it yesterday. And I'm going to pre presentation. I'm going to present it to you to see if it uh, keeps you informed and you can make some kind of intelligent response to it. But it is the subject is general government financial services update. <clears throat> now, in a normal world, in a normal city, which this definitely isn't, you would, you would expect this to be very well laid out or you would have a reason to suspect it to be very well laid out and there'd be a clear profit and loss plus and minus ledger. I've got a couple of very smart people here I'm watching who are um, financially trained uh, accountant type minds that know how to find every uh, red cent there is. And this general government financial services update, um, the interim city manager <clears throat> basically said, there's no internal controls over financial reporting commissioners. This is addressed to the honorable mayor, the boy named Lauren and the city dysfunctional commission, banana pudding, the poodle, that crowd and the communist uh, uh, commissioner. So this must have been written with, I would imagine, great frustration by the interim, remember interim city manager, because the pattern here has always been to blame the messenger for delivering the message. So I know how these commissioners work. Having been an interim city manager, they CYA, they cover their own derriere, they shift the blame to the managers and fire them. <clears throat> so Curry is an interim city manager. They fired Blackburn. They, I told Blackburn, they're going to can you, man. Uh, they've canned Bilarski. Anybody who asks where, which shell has the P under it is really going to be thrown out in the trash heap. So I don't know how long Curry is going to last, giving them the truth. It'll be a little harder to can her because she's a minority. And that is sort of like cattle in India. 
you, you, you know, in India, the cattle want to cross the street and you're in the car, as I've always heard. I've never been to India, but you let them go. They have more rights to be on the road than the car does. So it'd be a little touchy trying to can curry, I would think, for delivering yet a story that is not new. It's been delivered and delivered and delivered to these incompetent uh, boom heads for quite some time. And so uh, the general government's internal control, so writes Cynthia Curry, interim city manager, have been a documented issue, <clears throat> excuse me, have been a documented issue since now 2018. This is 2022. It's been a documented issue. Now that, that means for four years. But before that, it's been an issue, but it hasn't been documented. The long and the short of this is that these commissioners who are in charge of your tax money, you would think would be their first duty, don't have a clue where it is, don't have a clue how it's being spent, don't have a clue how to even hire the people, as you'll see in a moment, to tell them where it is, because they're too busy, I guess, with their head in the clouds. And problem is, throw them out. Try throwing them out. Only about 10, 11%, maybe at the most 15% of the people show up to vote. <clears throat> Excuse me. And what the heck's the deal? You can't, you can't dislodge the boy named Lauren, banana pudding. Banana pudding wants to rotate over to the mayor. God forbid. God forbid. Anyway, probably will happen. So in this report, which I'm sharing with you, and I'm not hitting anything but the high spots because the high spots serve also as the low spots, there's a documented issue with internal controls over financial financial reporting to whom? To the commissioners, through the city manager since 2018. And now the most recent attempt to figure this out, January 2022, noted, and I quote, serious issues with internal controls over financial reporting, among other findings. Now, so the needle hasn't moved. Meanwhile, you've got all this talk about affordable housing. You've got all, you, you just listen to all the chatter and, and, and nonsense that comes out of that city commission. And the, the town is falling down around them and they don't know it. Not only do they not know it, they don't know how to find out about it. <clears throat> so the interim city manager goes into greater detail here and says, the city's financial services department, now this compounds it. Now the other day you saw the PB, Police Benevolent Association, sounding out off about the loss of, of people who want to be cops. Okay. Hey, that's just part of it. You know, nobody wants to work. Go check around at these employers and ask them if they can find help. Hey, nobody wants to work. Supposedly, it's because of the free money, which has been printed without anything to back it up by Biden under the cover of COVID relief. It's created a whole <clears throat> uh, culture of young ones, and maybe older ones too, who don't want to work, who don't need to work. Somehow, some way they have it in their, they don't, they don't show up. They show up, they don't show up on time. Well, in the case of the city finances, it's faced significant turnover, so it's just not the cops. And vacancies, this so writes the interim city manager, in key positions throughout the department, including a finance director, and they've had all kinds of difficulty finding a financial director since 2016. <clears throat> now, 2016, <clears throat> that's six years. Six years. They haven't known where the money is. They haven't, found, they haven't found a way to find out where the money is. And meanwhile, you got the poodle, Hayes Santos, and all those other crowd up there yakking away 
off the top of their heads. I'll assure you. So now they get a report. I suspect nothing will come of this because these commissioners don't know how to commission. Now, this paragraph is interesting. Financial Services Department has faced significant turnover and vacancies in key positions throughout the department, including finance director role since 2016. Accounting manager and other junior and senior accountants since 2018. An internal control manager since the position was created in November 2017. And a lack of a controller position. They don't have any organization. <clears throat> I apologize. I apologize. I apologize for that clearing my throat. I don't know what it is. Um, they don't have any financial services department is basically what that says to me. Further, this is even more complication. The interim city manager writes, filling the vacancies has been difficult. Now get this, due to candidate applications. Now here we go. At all staff levels, not having the necessary amount of government accounting financial expertise and skills or knowledge to prepare or review the city's annual comprehensive financial report. You cannot be serious in the words of John McEnroe. You cannot be serious. It's that bad. Not only do you not have a financial services department, <clears throat> no, you don't, you can't find anybody to create one. <clears throat> Nobody wants to come to the cities, how I interpret this, and work for this bunch of eggheads. Now, you remember I was, I was counseled the other day by a longtime member of this community that in many of their generation's opinion, where the city of Gainesville Commission went wrong is when the universities here allowed their egghead professors to run for city commission offices. And when they did, they put in a bunch of egghead professors and the like, and they eliminated the businessmen, the business-minded people who used to be the city commissioners, who were on the city not to make a living, uh, not to supplement, but do a community service. That's long, that, that's gone. That train left the station. That is gone. So now the interim city manager bullets the things that are wrong within the absent financial accounting service department, which doesn't exist and not only can exist, but has no foreseeable way of ever existing since there are no talented people who want to fill it. Why would they? I mean, they're going to be canned for the first thing. It ripples down their level. That is not their fault, but the fault of the eggheads running the city. Here's what the interim city manager bullets as the basic issues of staffing. Why she can't staff. This, the, the, because of no staffing, you do not have timely bank reconciliations. Because you can't staff adequately, <clears throat> you do not have monthly closing of financial activities. Because you can't staff properly, you do not have timely and accurate completion of external audits and reports. Now, basically what this interim city manager is saying to me, I don't, I can't help you commissioners. There's nothing I have to work with. And this is this way before I came here. It's been this way for six years. And you keep firing people. And now nobody wants to work here. And now I'm going to tell you what the situation is. Furthermore, the inability of staffing, so writes the manager, has created an inability for standard operating procedures for the accounting division. They're, whatever they do have, the manager says, are significantly outdated. It's incredible. <clears throat> it's one of the 
most damning reports I've ever seen about the city of Gainesville. And I will assure you that it's going to be completely ignored because the poodle and the banana pudding and the boy named Lauren and the communist, they don't have a clue of where to start to clean this up. So I, did, I titled the show today after a phrase in this memorandum that the city manager used. The city manager says there is now in the city of Gainesville staffing organization a culture of silos. I suppose you know what a silo is. We had silos at all the farms and in the silos we kept the grain and they were cylindrical and that's how you stored the, the grain. Um, a culture of silos would be a silos all over the place because the purpose of a silo is nothing inside it gets out and nothing outside it gets in. So we have now, according to the interim city manager, a culture of silos within the financial services department. It's taken five years for them to become the way in which things don't get done. And consequently, because of these silos, and that alone, if I were a commissioner, I would ask for an expansion of that definition. I would like to know exactly what's going on in each one of those silos so that I could govern the people's money adequately. So this five-year culture of silos has now prevented any kind of collaborative approach to problem solving within the department. I'm using the language of the report, collaborative approach to problem solving within the department and worsened errors. So whatever errors made is made worse by your own dysfunctional financial services department, which has become a bunch of silos that don't collaborate or communicate with each other. And so I'm the city manager and I can't give you an accurate report on the city's finances, which are the people's money. <clears throat> now, people ask me all the time if this kind of information changes the political out. No, no, no. I'll give you an indication. In the city of Alachua election yesterday, the numbers I heard, if I remember them correctly, correct me if I'm off, in the Pelham-Potts race for the vacant seat that Robert Wilford left when he retired, <clears throat> there were 90 absentee ballots cast. 30 of those ballots ended up being votes for Potts. 60 of them ended up being votes for Pelham. I'm just going to ask a question. Do you think the Democrat Party had anything to do, since Pelham is a Democrat, Potts is a Republican, although the races are supposed to be nonpartisan, do you suppose the Democrat Party had anything to do with the dissemination of absentee ballots in the city of Alachua election? Huh? I just asked a question. Huh? So, what is keeping this city of Gainesville, I don't know what you call it, commission, from getting any better? Well, it's all one party. It's all one ideology. It's all one set of priorities. You don't have any dissent. You don't have any Ward Scott in there to, to ask a question that, you know, they don't want to hear about or they don't even know it exists. <clears throat> now, there are some recommendations made I don't know. I don't think they'll be followed, but here they are. The city manager 
has advised the commissioners that they need to focus on researching and correcting accounting and subsidiary ledger records. And that she, the city manager, needs adequate time to do that. What, she, I, what I read into that comment, having been a city manager, what I read into that comment, I'll tell you what I read. She is saying basically the same thing old Coach Napier is saying. If you want me to create a great football team, you got to give me time, okay? Because things were such so screwed up when I got here, you just can't fire me after one year. Basically, that's what he's saying. She's saying the same thing. She's saying, if you want this thing cleaned up, you got to give me time. And if you don't, and if you fire me, basically what she's saying, I think, then you're right back to square one where you've been since 2016. Because she says, I need more time to fix this. I've identified the problems, but I can't even get people to apply for the jobs. I've got to ensure proper training is provided to the staff. I'm reading her bulleted points throughout the department so that we can even begin to make corrections to the operating procedures. I highlighted one of her bullets, which I think is the really crucial one. She says, recruiting and hiring staff that has governmental accounting finance experience and the necessary qualifications, such as a CPA designation and years of experience. I don't have them. <clears throat> I don't have those people. I don't have them. And not only do I not have them, I, they won't even apply. Meanwhile, these people are running around in the community, de defund the cops. And, you know, like I said about the sheriff deal the other day, hey, 50, 50 deputies that I, I mean, that's what I've been told, take their cars and live in a different county and drive the Lachua County car, sheriff's car home to Gilchrist County, some other county on your gas at $5 a gallon. <clears throat> is, that, is, that, is that what you want to do? You know, it's getting to the place where we are nothing but a collection of silos. This group has its interests, that group over there. Who's going to clean the thing up? Who's going to step in and take the old proverbial bull by the horns and straighten it up? What I hear Curry saying in his memo is, I don't even really know if I can do it. But I dang can't, sure can't do it if you don't give me any time and resources to do it and if you don't agree with what the problem is. The problem behind this whole thing is not in the memo. The problem is you have a bunch of unqualified commissioners who, by that I mean unqualified to run the finances of a city. <clears throat> they are totally unqualified. So who's running it? Furthermore, the interim city manager says, I've got to have time to evaluate these positions. I've got to have money supporting accounting and finance operations in future years so I know what I have money for and what I need to go get grants for, what I need payroll and payables for. I can't even tell you that. I very much appreciate a member of the research team for sending this over to me. Um, you know, having been a city manager, it, it doesn't surprise me at all. Doesn't surprise me at all. The art of being a city manager is to make those commissioners look good and to make them think they thought of it when all the time you thought of it. Because they can't think of it. And the art of being a city manager is to give them credit for it when you know darn good and well they couldn't do it themselves. And this memo illustrates the degree to which they can't do it, haven't been able to do it, won't do it, or whatever. Now, you can use the word. I'm going to 
They're incompetent to run the finances of the city is basically, and it's been that way for a long time, what this interim, interim city manager is saying. But it's, it goes back to pea green underhand. Firing my Kurtz. I mean, that's really where, and then the university allowing somebody like her to be a commissioner. She's not a businesswoman. She's an egghead, hothouse plant from the green, from the from the greenhouse over here at the university. I mean, I, I, I oddly enough, I always like McGee. I mean, I, I have nothing against her. I just think that these people are not suited for the job. And basically, this is what this interim city manager is saying, I think. You guys are not suited for the job, but somebody needs to get in here and support me. And I'm going to try to straighten it out, but I don't know if I can because this has been screwed up for a long, long time. Well, I'll make a prediction for you folks. It's going to get worse. It ain't going to get better. So if you're in the city, which I'm not, and if you're on GRU, but you're not in the city, of course, you're getting shafted because you don't, have, we tried to fix that. You know, Perry tried to fix that and all that. And they hooted that out of town. They don't want to fix it. And the GRU is the cash cow. Uh, last I read, second highest utility rates in the state. Huh? Some of these people, I know, I know a person who got, who lives in a little condo, not there very much as the way it work, had a $500 GRU monthly bill. Huh? How do those people make it? How do they make it? Well, the eggheads up here on Mount Olympus here, city commission, don't care. You know, the Duncan lady is well off. They just don't, they just don't feel the pain. But here is a report I thought I'd share it with you and comment on it because it is really an indication of how lame the commission is and has been, and in my humble opinion, will continue to be. Now, there's some guys out there running. Obviously, Bolarski would be one Would you would think. I'm not going to get involved with who's, you know, who's who in terms of supporting or not supporting. I'm just going to say what the characters are and what they represent. So think about it. If you're in the city of Gainesville, pay attention a little bit. Hopefully this will, this is not new. Back in January, we knew this. When one of the people on the advisory committee who was a seasoned accountant told the commission, I can't help you. You don't have any records that I can go look at. Well, this is April, and this was actually written in April. So we got January, February, March. You got four or five months went by. Nothing's changed. In fact, it's probably gotten worser, as we say in Georgia. Probably worser. Well, well, well. Right back in the Ward Scott files. I want to thank crime prevention. Query less with crime prevention security systems, and you can prevent package theft with a doorbell camera. Good people. You're right back on the Ward Scott Files. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Maurice T. McDaniel, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, r, &R Construction, and Style Cuts. 
you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. Uh, warthog. He's gonna come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Known as the thin-skinned water boy and Cornell. Known as Minnie Mike and Cornell Wears elevator shoes and Cornell He just wants to be like All right, just taking my computer checks here while we were taking a break. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the law office of Maurice T. McDaniel, who is uh, sponsoring our mugshots. And we get 45,000 hits a month on those mugshots. Uh, good morning, everybody here uh, who's checking in. We're going to have a way tomorrow <clears throat> for you to call in. I'm going to give you the call in number. We'll put it up on the screen. And I'll probably advertise it on Facebook today. And we're going to be looking for a sponsor for that call-in number because that sponsor will be every time it rings, we'll say uh, brought to you by. So be thinking about that if you know someone or you would like to sponsor the call-in number. The call-in number is going to be 352-389-3997. And what will happen is you'll just pick up that phone and call it and you'll be put in the waiting room and production will keep you there until you're next in line or you're released to talk to me. And then you'll be live and you'll be heard wherever I'm heard. And uh, you'll be memorialized, by the way, because, of, you know, we're archived. We um, are in Spotify and Apple Podcasts and YouTube and uh, TuneIn, some other places. And um, so that that, that uh, will give you a chance to actually sound off. I would be very interested, for example, in knowing what you think or if you're willing to comment the uh, <clears throat> the about the dismal condition of GRU. It's um it's it's really and Gainesville. The two are synonymous, really. The GRU finances Gainesville, and Gainesville robs from GRU your utility fund, and therefore the cost of the utility goes up because um, the city can't figure out where it's putting the money where it's going, that it steals from GRU. Without your permission, by the way. And if you don't hold them accountable, uh, then um, this is just um, the way it is. I mean, it'll get, it'll, they'll keep going on and on and on. So 352-389-3997 tomorrow, and we'll be chatting with you as you uh, want to talk with us. Well, I've got to report a couple of good things. I, I, I need to to look for some funny stuff in the world. And um, well, at least one kind of caught my eye. Um, uh, I mean, some interesting things. I want to talk to you about Krispy Kreme donuts for a moment. Uh, this was out on the Next Star Media Wire. I came across it. You know, I used to be a big donut fan. I still am. Uh, I, I, there have been moments, I'm not going to squeal too much on myself. 
there have been moments where I've come to my senses and my face is covered with glaze and I wonder where I am I and I realize I'm at the counter of the Krispy Kreme donut place and I'm they're not a sponsor but I'm giving them free ad here now um uh with glaze and I've been eating I've been eating fresh out of the oven fresh glazed donuts well golly you know what Spartanburg South Carolina I guess it's which is the home office of Krispy Kreme announced that it's going to reduce the price of an original glazed dozen donuts to the, I just think this is interesting, to the average price of a gallon of regular gas. Now, I'm kind of in the dark here because I don't know what the price of a dozen donuts was before, but I suspect it was considerably more perhaps than the average price of a gallon of regular gas is today. <clears throat> Last I saw, I actually saw a price yesterday in town of $3.99. So let's say you're going to be able to get, and I don't have any idea what this is really a deal, but I guess it is, a dozen donuts for $4. And let's see, it. that's a little over 40 cents a donut. Jeez, that's still expensive to me. I used to eat those donuts for a nickel donut. What? What? Yeah. So the whole idea here is to give people a little bit of relief from the endless rise in food prices, which I'm going to really take kind of rather seriously with you in my next analysis, because somebody asked me, a good friend of mine asked me, <clears throat> older gentleman, <clears throat> and uh, production says it's a pollen that's getting to me. But anyway, an older gentleman said a couple days to me, ago to me and talking about Ukraine, was I worried about the nuclear bomb? No, I'm not worried about the. You know, when I was a little kid, we had to do exercise at school. We crawled under our desks and we learned how to hide it away from the glass and all that stuff. Uh, for the, yeah, Ray, what you whether you have a nine millimeter round or a donut, make a decision, man. So I've been I've been around the nuclear threat. What I'm concerned about is the never-ending rise in the price of food. Now, obviously, the donut people are aware of this as well because they want to get our minds off the fact that nobody knows where it's going to stop. The average price, apparently, in this article from NetStar <clears throat> uh, on April 13, that was yesterday, is $4.11 for a, regular, uh, a gallon of regular gas in the United States. So um, they're going to be limiting you, however, there's always a catch, isn't there, to two original glazed dozens at the participating shops. So I guess I'm going to scurry into town today and see what the deal is. There you go. <clears throat> but a more serious analysis, perhaps, and perhaps that is serious, you're, uh, you're going to use the donut as a gauge of where we are. I thought this was interesting. It was in Politico. Uh, a couple of writers named Bustello and Overly wrote this. <clears throat> Taking a look at the cheeseburger. Now, friends, I am a cheeseburger fan. I, I would go so far as to say I'm a cheeseburger aficionado. That I know what a cheeseburger tastes like at this restaurant, that restaurant. Well, who does it? I mean, couldn't you just live on cheeseburgers? I mean, what else would you need? And then if you're so inclined, throw in the fries and you've got the American meal. How many times have I had cheeseburger and fries? It, it, it's just, and I can tell you who has the best fries to my taste anyway. <clears throat> so when I saw this analysis in Politico of a cheeseburger, it concerned me because, ye gods, is, is a cheeseburger going to get out of sight also and I won't be able to eat cheeseburgers? Am I going to be out with the cows here just munching on Bahia grass? Or, you know, I, can, you know, I know we can make it by, I don't know, just eating carrots or something or potatoes. I mean, the Irish made it on potatoes. Here we go. Now, the bun, 
Are you? Let's, we're going to start with the bun. All right. Are you ready for this? The price of bread in the month of March went up 7.1% compared to a year ago. While the price of bakery products, which include a moment ago the donut, went up 9.1%. So this means that bakers have an issue too, which we may not know about, in waiting longer for their ingredients because the U.S. imports most of its gluten from overseas. When we've got the wheat, oh my golly, we can grow food better than anybody else in the world. But no, what have we done? We've turned our farmland into crammed in suburbia developments or commercial developments or into some industrialization when we're the best farmers in the world. So there's been about a 50% input cost. Uh, there are about 50 input costs that affect bakers. And all these costs that it go into creating something that the baker bakes have increased at least by double digits. So, and it, the Russia assault on Ukraine hasn't helped because Russia, Ukraine is one of the top wheat producers in the world. But, you know, we should be getting our wheat from our own farmlands. But <clears throat> the energy prices, you know, we're killing the energy in our own country because of these climate change nuts. And then we're turning around and buying it from other countries they don't give a darn about the climate. Russia is one of them. The Middle East is another. They don't care. So we have seen a phenomenal increase in prices. And some of it, guess who? Uncle Joe's trying to blame on Putin when it's really the fact that we don't do what Trump wanted to do. And that's employ our own people, use our own resources and take care of ourselves first. Now, the meat that goes into the cheeseburger, it has sometimes, on some of these, strips of bacon. Are you ready for what the price of bacon has jumped by? 18.2% in one year from March 2021 to March 2022. There's that old saying, boy, they live high on the hog. And let me tell you something, a lot of people have told me, country people, rural people, black people, when I used to have hog, told me that, oh my God, you got a hog, you can make it hog, because if you got a hog, you got food. But when we stopped allowing hogs on our own land and started buying it at the meat market, we subjected ourselves to all the middlemen and all the transportation costs, all that business, and it has jumped 18.2%. Because a lot of the domestic pork does come from Iowa, Minnesota, North Carolina, but uh, the Biden administration has caused so many regulations and has burdened the industry with so many anti-consolidation pushes on that uh, the meat packers uh, are claiming that Biden is using them as a scapegoat and the national pork producers uh, have you got in, increased transportation costs, you've got supply bottlenecks, you've got labor costs. All of this is to try to keep up with the purchasing power as the price goes up. It's a vicious circle. I've been through it back in the Jimmy Carter days. Interest rates went, if I recall, on mortgages because I was, a, I was, a, I was in a real estate business then and I, I, we lost a lot of projects because the, the builders simply couldn't finance the money and build the projects that had already been approved when the interest rates were 13 to 15%. Uh, there were a lot of bellying up. Of, unless you had very deep pockets, you were very consolidated, 
you could spread yourself out over a bunch of other associations, you perished. And I was, I witnessed that with Jimmy Carter. And we got the same thing going on now with Biden. So also we have decreased farm labor accessibility. We've created a, a difficult for legal H-2A visas while we have increased illegal immigration. We've made it more difficult for legal immigration. So obviously Congress can't get, get, seem to get that done. The egg, now there are eggs sometimes involved in uh, what you have along with the cheeseburger. It is a 11.2% uh, uh, increase so basically, the cost of food has gone up about 10% in a year, just on something we take for granted, like eggs and bacon and a cheeseburger. Now, you ask yourself, if your salary went up 10%, I can tell you that some of the services with whom I contract, guys in the nursery business, the uh, land, uh, the uh, how shall I say it, the, the, the mowing business, the land scraping, we call it landscaping business, they have got to pay their, they've gone up 10%. What you got here is a vicious dog chasing its tail. So as the cost of things go up, the prices of the service have to go up because the price of the gas is going up, the price of the food is going up. So uh, this uh, egg thing, now of course Biden wants to blame us on two things. One is the pandemic, and two, of course, is Putin. So you can take your, your pick. The, uh, the uh, whole spiral is what concerns me. Back to my original question for my friend, was I concerned about the nuclear bomb? No, not in the least, not in the least. I am concerned about higher prices for food. And I'm concerned about more and more dependence for domestic needs on foreign sources. I think that's a terrible, terrible mistake. I'm also concerned about something we don't talk about much. Once upon a time, and it was the only good thing about the Puritans, the Puritans embedded in the American culture a very strong work ethic. You know, Obama has tried to undo that. He said, well, you didn't build that. You, you, I, I, if there are any Puritans still alive from the old days, which there aren't, of course, they would have rolled over in their grave. Because they, the one virtue, when you think about it, when you research it, that the Puritans embedded in the American culture was the work ethic. That is now, read, you know, read my lips, you know. That is now gone. The work ethic is gone. If you work hard, this whole idea that you can get ahead, this generation doesn't believe it. Tomatoes. Tomatoes have been the least item subject to inflation. 1.7% in a year. Thankfully, tomatoes, tomatoes, we grow on a vine out here. And they're better than any tomatoes you get at the store. Uh, one time I had a student do a research paper on the difference between fresh food and food that you got on the counter. And he focused on produce and he focused on a couple of items. Oranges was one. And he put up uh, his conclusion, of course, was that all the produce that you think is fresh when you go to the market is artificially fresh because it has ingredients in it designed to uh, 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 slow down its loss of freshness and therefore it affects the taste. So he wrote a very good research paper on this. And then he put two, several oranges up on the front desk and had the students come up and point at them and say which ones they liked. Well, quite a number of the students liked the one which looked the best because it had been, of course, 
unbeknownst to them, taken off of a Mark supermarket shelf and preserved, if you will, to look good. And the one that didn't look so hot was the one that would not last if you didn't eat it more than a day or two because it hadn't been preserved with anything. And so he would have them taste them. And there was no comparison. The fresh taste orange was by far superior in, in desirability than the store kept fresh one. And I remember that research paper from years, years ago. And I thought it was a very good paper, uh, very well done. It was uh, uh, demonstrated itself with its own experiments and, and, and you know, response from people and, and all that kind of business, really good stuff. But how many of us, listen, one of my biggest laments is driving down Sunshine Parkway. And what, I, I, you probably have never seen it, but north of Orlando, once upon a time, don't you love that once upon a time? In the 60s, early 60s, you would ride down that parkway and you would look on your right and you would look on your left and it looked like corduroy. As far as you could see, it looked like corduroy. If you ever looked at corduroy, it's kind of rose. This was orange groves after orange groves after orange groves. Now, 60 years later, I don't do any more than I have to. I haven't done it in a long time. It depresses me. I ride down that same road and it's wall. I'm not talking about spacious yards. I'm talking zero lot lines, wall to wall housing, wall to wall housing. Now, where are those people going to get their oranges? The very dirt on which their residence is built once grew the sweetest, freshest oranges in the world. No more. No more. Now, most of the tomatoes, except I had a very good paper done back when there was debate about the North, uh, the, the, the treaty organization, the North, the treaty, NAFTA, arguing that you would ruin the tomato crop in Florida if you allowed the tomato crop in from Mexico because it was an inferior quality control to that which was here. But most of the tomatoes for domestic consumption in this country, uh, about 25 to 40% anyway, I don't know if you call that 20 most, according to this political article, come from California and Florida. But California is busy doing the same thing to its agricultural land. It, it, it's a story that I think doesn't get enough attention. And so that's what bothers me, not the, not the nuclear bomb. What bothers me is the price of food. Lettuce. Lettuce has increased in one year. Are you ready for this? The cost, and we grow our own lettuce here at the farm. We grow our own lettuce. The cost of lettuce has increased 12% in one year. So you can do things yourself, you know. If you know how and if you have the place to do it. So all of these things go into the proverbial cheeseburger, right? Mayo, all the sauce that you'll put on there. Mayonnaise has jumped 15%, 14.9%. Okay. The cheese, it's held somewhat steady, only increased about 3%. It's made exclusively in Wisconsin, practically, totally, in those wonderful dairy places in Wisconsin. Um, the beef, of course, is, well, it, it's, it's going crazy. It's up 16%, 16%. So I can tell you that you go in there 
and you take a look at that cheeseburger and you think that you've always taken it for granted, you've always been able to pull over and get yourself one, hang on, hang on. We'll see if that continues. Hey, we'll be running our phone line tomorrow. Call in number will be 352-389-3997. Have a great day. Wardog Command Center out.